Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us in another off-season episode where we're going to discuss free agency, which is only a week and a half away. It's exciting times. We're going to give some thoughts on some players available at a lot of different positions of need that uh, you guys might see. Hopefully, one or two of these players gets signed by the Buffalo Bills, so you'll have a little bit of a background on them before we discuss them more in depth after free agency. Uh, but first, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the central New York or western New York area, do yourselves a favor, head on over to Waterloo, New York. Check out the Delago Resort and Casino. It is a blast. You will enjoy it. We've been there a dozen times and we've loved every single time. Uh, it's a fun, it's a fun time. You're going to love it. Um, first, I'm joined by my co hosts, John and Mike. I guess second, joined by my co hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, uh, there's a lot to go over. It's going to be fun. Um, we have some names that we're going to bring up, but uh, Mike also has the chat GPT bot uh, going in case we have to uh, maybe answer, I guess maybe be the determining vote in anything that, you know, Mike, John, and I are discussing that we don't have an immediate, you know, sway one way or another towards uh, and uh, and go from there. So, John, Mike, guys... It's so good to talk to you guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad, Mike. I mean, no, I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited. Ah, great to Mike. be here. Good. Good. All right. All right. So I, I have, I'm going to start off with a, a, a email from a listener. And this is from, they were listening to our uh, podcast last week. Where we were talking about positional team needs. And John and I went through and we labeled them all. In order, we started with uh, wide receiver, offensive line. So that's kind of like 1A, 1B. We could see either one of those interchange. So wide receiver, two, offensive line. And then we went safety, middle linebacker, defensive tackle, defensive end. Defensive tackle and defensive end were kind of A and B also. And then there were, like I put a big line after that because those are the major needs. And then after that, or the most important needs. And then after that, we had like running back, tight end depth linebacker, backup quarterback, punter, cornerback, depth, stuff like that. So, um, you know, the first the first five, I want to say six, were the most important. And then after that, it's just depth, right? Or just you need some players. It's not as important as how we would build a team. So um, so we didn't have backup quarterback as to like the 10th or 11th need. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10th need. And this email is from Kevin, and Kevin writes, um, Hey, uh, Nate, Mike, and John, uh, love the podcast. Love you guys' discussion each week, uh, week in, week out, uh, during the season, after the season. Uh, this is really a fun time to be a Bills fan. Uh, noticed last week that you guys put backup quarterback uh, as one of your last needs uh, for the Bills uh, this coming free agency in the draft. I agree with you. 
But the caveat that I'll add to that is that you are unlikely to draft a backup quarterback to Josh Allen. It's most likely going to be coming from a free agent entity, kind of like Case Keenum was uh, last year and the year before that, Mitchell Trubisky. I think it's likely that the Bills, I think it's unlikely that the Bills are going to draft a quarterback and more likely that they're going to sign one. So who are some of your favorites? I have some of mine, but I'd like to hear yours first. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for everything and go Bills. So that one was from Jeff. So uh, that was something we discussed last week. And I love this point because it's very unlikely that the Bills are going to uh, draft a backup quarterback. So I thought Jeff brought up a good point. Um, I think that what's interesting is, so I'm not going to go into the cap rigmarole of how are they going to change all that? Like all the people on the podcast network and other podcast networks have settled that. But basically the bills are $17 million in the hole. Within the next few weeks, they're going to have to become obviously cap positive. And I mean, we're going to see some changes this next week. I mean, by the time this podcast um, airs, like they could be already restructuring Josh Allen's contract, maybe even Stefan Diggs's contract, Von Miller's contract, blah, blah, blah. Like to get to where they need to be, you know, in a good place cap wise. And then there's also a way that uh, they can get like, you know, roughly 20 to $30 million more in cap by doing more restructures and cuts and all that stuff. But anyway, I'll let you guys read those articles and listen to those podcasts. But anyway, so we're playing with 20 to $30 million. We'll just assume that we're playing with 20 to $30 million. Um, John, and I'll ask you first, because I know you've done a lot of research with on this, but um, was there a quarterback that you saw like as a backup that like might have caught your eye or someone that that you thought could be a good replacement for Case Keenum this this upcoming year. Yeah, so I mean, I want I, I want to start that the the rankings that I was coming up with wasn't necessarily geared specifically towards free agency or the draft. It was just a general ranking. My my line of thinking of having backup quarterbacks so low is that if Allen goes out, then you know their season's pretty much over at that point anyway. Um, but <laughs> it's um, foobar, basically. If, if, <laughs> but 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 you could also make the argument, you know, if Allen's only out for a game or two, he gets injured, and they need one of those wins critically to whatever win the division or whatever. Um, it is important to have a good backup quarterback. So there there's there is a point there to be had. Um, there's a, a, I guess a couple of names. I, I'm not exactly sure what their market value would be, but like. Like a like a Gardner Minshew or a Cooper Rush, maybe something like that. What do you, What do you think? Is Gardner Minshew a free agent? I believe so. Oh, I'd love that. Are you kidding me? I love Gardner Minshew. I didn't even see him on the list. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love I love uh, Gardner Minshew, and I would take him. Um, I like. What was the other one? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Uh. Mm. I mean, he did well with the the Cowboys. I uh, didn't. He was he undefeated? No, he was just lost one game, right? As a uh, as a backup, I believe. But I mean, hey, I mean, just in his stead, like that's that's exactly what you were just talking about. Because um, yeah, wasn't he like four and one or something? Like when Prescott was out, or am I thinking about somebody else? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's which is right. like there, yeah. some of those were good teams. You know, I mean, it wasn't Philadelphia, but you know, some of those were pretty good teams. But yeah, I I love that. Uh, I love Gardner Minshew. I would definitely entertain a guy like uh, Cooper Rush. I think you could get Cooper Rush very cheaply. Or he's, uh, I wonder if he's one of those guys that could get a possible starting opportunity or look. 
It's the only thing I would wonder, like for a few more million than the Bills are willing to look to spend. But I do like those options. Um, no, I like that a lot. Gardner Minshew. Um, one thing, one player that uh, if I couldn't get Gardner Minshew, for sure, <clears throat> that I would take above him is Jacoby Brissett. And one of the reasons I say this is because Track has him as like a, a one-year $5.4 million uh, salary. Like, you know, you could sign him for a year for $5.4 million, which is definitely doable if you think about the fact that they paid Case Keenum $6 million last year. Um, I love Jacoby Brissett. He's, uh, he's very much like Josh Allen as a passer. In 2022, according to PFF grades, he had the 12th best pass grade and the third best run grade for all quarterbacks. So, I mean, that's almost on the same level as Josh Allen. It's definitely not Josh Allen, but, like, it's close. It's darn close. Uh, that's my number one favorite guy to go after. PFF has his projected salary at, like, two years, $8 million, which is even less, <laughs> which seems crazy because he was basically a starter for Cleveland. I think with, And if you remember the Bills game against the Browns this last year, like, he almost carved up—he did carve up the Buffalo Bills secondary. He looked great against the Bills. I remember us talking post game and saying like this this guy's good. Like he played at an all-star level against the Buffalo Bills. Um the only thing that stinks about that which is different than the Gardner Minshew situation is he's probably going to get a starting gig somewhere. Um there's just not enough good quarterbacks in the NFL for him to not at least become a starter on a one or two year contract, 10 to 12 million probably for one or two years and then uh they're probably going to, that team's probably going to draft someone, you know, like a Tua situation, right? Um, and like, or like a Brown situation where he was just taking over until Deshaun Watson got in. Uh, so I love Jacoby Brissett. I don't think we're going to get him. So my second favorite, based on that, is Gardner Minshew, for sure. I love Gardner Minshew. I think he provides a lot. I like, I like the, the Brissett option. Uh, what, what do you think about Mike White? Um, uh, an option? An option, I wasn't... So, my only experience with Mike White is he looked pretty good until he played the Bills, and then he looked like hot garbage. So, you know, I haven't been following him enough. I just know that he looked okay until the Bills played him. So, like, an option, for sure. Depth option, you know, you're looking at a player like that that would be on the same level as, like, a Cooper Rush, right? Like, a guy that had some opportunities, like, did decently, and just, you know, wasn't good enough to take over the starting position. I guess you could say the same thing about, you know, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, all four of those guys that we mentioned are between 27 or going to be between 27 and 30 years old by the time the season starts. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, right? Like, I mean, we don't care what the age is necessarily. No, but right. But Um, they're all but they're all in that they're all in that same area as far as experience. I mean, we talked about this last year when the Bills were looking at, you know, free agent quarterbacks with Mitchell Trubisky leaving for the uh, Steelers and it's. Very possible Sam Darnold comes to Buffalo. Um, I wouldn't love that, but I'd be okay with it. You know, that's that's an area where the Bills have familiarity with him, or at least Josh Allen does. You know that the Bills scouted Sam Darnold when they were going to draft Josh Allen, but he was drafted before him. Maybe they liked him. Josh Allen and Sam Darnold are friends. Uh, I don't know. It's a possibility. He, he would be a cheap option. You're talking another cheap option. I don't think he's going to get another starting uh, competition. But I could be wrong. I like to throw that caveat in there. But I could be wrong. I should say that after everything. Uh, but I could be wrong. Could be Andy Dalton. But I could be wrong. 
<laughs> yeah. Like Taylor Heineke was someone I consider too. Like there's there's some Heine- decent... Heineke's yeah, I Heine- Heineke might get offered too much from somebody else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He might be in that level. So th- that's that other level. Like you think he's like Jacoby Brissett level or maybe just a little bit below that? Like would Gardner Minshew get offered a starting gig? Probably not. Just staying as the backup between behind Jalen Hurts, right? Probably not. So I think if we were to to tier him, John, would you say and Mike, definitely, like, I, I like Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew, and then, like, all those other guys. I think we might be able to come up with a third one from those. Taylor Heineke probably won't get it, but I'd put him up there. I feel like, uh, honestly, like these I, are very aspirational in the sense of, like, they're, they're of all very good. Yeah, like, I think <laughs> these guys have shown real flashes. Like, I know all of these guys fairly well, right? Like, don't you think they feel type A feel like they could go somewhere and start? And Buffalo is like one of the handful of places where you know you're not going to be the starter, barring injury. So where it's a good fit maybe is like the Mitchell Trubisky's of the world, the guys that started and failed, and that need another opportunity to show that they can do it. That I I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe it's not, but I mean, which one of these guys succeeded? Where you're really like he's gonna definitely. Like, I think Gardner Minshew is maybe that is a perfect. Well, he's a little bit older. Uh, Cooper Rush, maybe. Mm. I mean, all these guys are basically within the same tier, tier and a half anyway, right? Everybody that we've mentioned, they're all around the same. Well, like, I've I've heard people say Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is an option, too. Could uh, be. Just from like. He could be. I mean, a mobility standpoint, he's not the best passer, but like, it's almost like. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you have all of these guys on a tier, right? Like you probably have Jacoby Brissett, maybe Taylor Heineke, and like two or three of these other guys on a tier. And then you have like the lower tier, like the Mike Whites, the Cooper Rushes, the uh, Sam Darnold maybe even. And you're just like, okay, who can we get for $3 million, right? Maybe $3.5 million or whatever. Not a lot. You're not going to give these guys a lot of money, right? So... Just say whoever you can get from there because these guys will be usable, hopefully, in a spot or two. All the guys that we mentioned. So I would stay away from Mike White. For some reason, I don't like – maybe just because I watched him play uh, and he just looked – he didn't look good. That's because he was on the Jets. I mean, any, anybody on the Jets for quarterback is not going to be – Has looked pretty bad against the Bills, the Bills defense. That's fair. And, like, That's White fair. and White, even against the Bills, though, like, he – like. He was taking some hits. He was playing hurt, but he he gritted it out, man. Like he had to respect that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He did. He's he's a tough player. I liked Sam Darnold when he was with the Jets. Like I respected Sam Darnold. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, I yeah. Darnold, I was happy to Darnold's see him. The youngest go. set of all these guys that we've talked about. Twenty six. Just crazy, right? I thought Mike Wake. I thought he was like an undrafted guy. But, I mean, maybe it's just the age that he was drafted or something. But He might have been undrafted, but just earlier. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, but I think he's like, I don't he's going to be 28, or he is 28. So, uh, But I think we can both agree, like, or all agree that, in general, it's probably unlikely that they draft a backup quarterback because they're not going to draft one early. And it's unlikely you rely on, like, a fifth-round, like, Jake Fromm to be the backup, right? It's just it's just not likely. Um I think at some point in, in time they should draft a quarterback to like become like a decent backup after a couple of years for Josh Allen. I just don't know if this is the year. So 
Anyway, um, I love the I love the uh, email. Thank you, Kevin, for sending that. Um, let's start at the top. Let's go to one uh, A we have right now. One A is uh, wide receiver number two. Uh, uh, we're hoping at least a boundary receiver. Which John, I was looking through the PFF grades to kind of try to find some diamond in the rough. And every time I came across a guy who was like top thirty or forty in like a receiving grade, his slot percentages were like. <laughs> And this is all. This isn't like all the free agents. This is all wide receivers. He's like a top 30, 40, or 50 like receiving grade. Like he was always like a slot receiver coming out. I'm like, well, we don't need one of those. I mean, we could use one, but we have someone penciled in at that position. We have two guys, if you can count Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir. So, uh, John, who who are some of the, the players that you had in mind when you were looking at, uh, at wide receiver number two? So, yeah, so uh, unfortunately, like, Receiver is one of the very few positions where I don't have really any names for for free agency. Um, anybody that I remotely was interested in, I would look at the market value on Track and be like, oh, nope, that's way too much. Um, I, I think that's going to be something they're going to have to address in the draft. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't I'm know. so glad you said that, John, because when I was – that's it's I I came across the same exact logic that you did and we didn't share notes before this we were just like oh we talked about some wide receivers there's there's no one available that I was even remotely interested in for the amount that spot track and mind you like PFF spot track like we should have used this disclaimer like the salaries that they have are definitely they're doing their best guesses but they could easily be five million more than that or ten million less you have no idea no idea whatsoever they're just doing the best that they can. Um, but yeah, I didn't see anyone like Alan Lazard at twelve and a half million. Like, no thanks. Like that was like even any wide receiver in this free agent class that had like any sort of success was just way too overpriced. And I think that you're right. The Bills are going to have to go with a, a a day one or day two pick for the wide receiver, and they could probably get someone more talented than in free agency. Yeah, and you look at like the the. I mean, who are the biggest names too? Like is Kobe Myers, DJ Shark, um, Robert Woods, like, and then Lazard, like you mentioned, like Smith Schuster. I don't know, maybe Darius Slayton. Maybe Darius Slayton could be an option. I saw Darius Slayton, um, but I mean, he's going to even. I think, but he's. Uh, I think he's more of a slot receiver, isn't he? So I don't think that that's likely that that happens. I don't think that the Bills are going to spend money on a slot receiver. I mean, they might. For competition, but I mean, we're looking at mostly boundary receivers. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, there there isn't a it's lot. It's tough. It was tough to find one there. Yeah. So I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they sign one, but it's not going to be a high level name that you know. Like, it's probably going to be like, could you see like we were talking about McCole Hardman from KC last year? I could see them signing McCole Hardman. You know, something like that, like a veteran free agent that's had, you know, some minimal success or like a placeholder for your high draft pick, like another player, like, you know, like we're talking like backup quarterback money, like three, four million. Like, yeah, sure. I could see them taking. He, he I could see him committing too much money. He's still very young. Like yep. he, they're, they're going to be looking for somebody over 30 if that's the case. Well, you mentioned Robert Woods. Like I'd love Robert Woods back. I think a lot of Bills fans would. I think he's going to command too much money. He made 16 million last year. There's no way he's going to go from that to like seven million. <laughs> you know, it's just unlikely. And I'm not sure he would even be worth it to the Bills to to spend that. I think they take a flyer at some position or at some uh, at some player there, and they just 
Yeah, that's they'll bring somebody that in, but that cause they, they, it being one of their top two needs, they, they're definitely going to have to spend a, one of their higher draft picks on the receiver. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's funny. You know, uh, we were mentioning, we talked a lot about uh, the uh, Michael Florio tweet last week from uh, NFL Network, and then we talked about, um, you know, the, the Greg Cosell clip where he's basically like, you know, uh, the Bills have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a bunch of guys on offense. John, Mike, if you guys were to guess how many players on offense that the Bills had besides Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, which are respectively third, Josh Allen is the third of all quarterbacks in, according to PFF grades. He's the third best quarterback in the league, and Stephon Diggs is the fifth best wide receiver in the league according to PFF. Um, how many players they have in the top 20 at their respective positions besides those two players on the roster right now? If you guys had to guess how many players on the offense the Bills have in the top 20 at their respective position, how many do you think there are? Mike, you want to go first? Two. Three. Two. Three. Oh, wow. Mike went, or John went above thinking that it's actually one. It's one player. Yes! <laughs> I think I misunderstood Mike. the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way you worded it sounded like it was already two with Allen and Diggs. And then, okay, so then maybe Mitch Morse will be the third. Like, I, I I got confused, I think. Oh, so you meant how many? I meant how many more. Sorry. Uh, it was clear. More. It was well, clear. Well, then I would have guessed one clear? more. Mitch Morse was my third, so I would have guessed one more. <laughs> what? Mike guessed two. Mike. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to give Mike the win on this one still. <laughs> It was clear, right? SBS. Sometimes. (laughs) Crystal. (laughs) Mike's like, you've never been more clear about anything in your entire life than that question I just got right. Um, The only only one on the entire roster from 2022 that was within the top 20 at their position was not an offensive lineman, was not a tight end, was not another wide receiver. It was running back Devin Singletary, free agent, Running back Devin Singletary was the 18th best running back rated on Pro Football Focus. And it's kind of ironic because he's leaving the team. So, I mean, you're talking just to give some numbers out here, just to realize how bad, like, some of the players are, are listed. Well, Pro Football um, Focus sucks anyway. So, well, you like, yeah, it, 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 it depends. It, with their general grades, I agree. But, like, you know, it's good to see, like, where they stand as far as, like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because some of this lines up to like what Joe B had for his uh, final 2022 season grades. Like he had Roger Saffold listed as the, like one of the worst players on the Buffalo Bills roster that he graded. And Roger Saffold is the 73rd out of 77 guards rated by pro football focus. I don't know how he made the pro bowl, but he was terrible based on both metrics. You well, have Ryan did, Bates. Didn't did the didn't like the Ravens backup quarterback make the Pro Bowl? I mean, anybody can make the yeah, Pro Bowl. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyone, anyone. They're just looking for warm bodies at this point. <laughs> oh. Spencer, Spencer. I definitely thought you meant in addition. <laughs> <laughs> uh. My two were you... Dawson Knox and Mitch Morris. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah yeah so well that was terribly worded <laughs> terribly worded sorry about that I do that I do that <laughs> it it happens it's a it's a thing um, Spencer Brown was a seventy third rated tackle out of eighty one 
So 73 out of 81. Dean Dawkins was a 24th out of 81, so better. Not top 20, though. Um, we mentioned Roger Saffold being the 73rd-ranked guard out of 77. Ryan Bates was the 41st, so still on the back end of the of the half of the league. Um, Mitch Morse was a 24th-ranked center out of 36. Uh, you know, Dawson Knox was a 23rd-ranked tight end. Now, mind you, some of this has to be taken with a grain of salt because, you know, they ranked 77 guards for the guards, but, you know, not all of them had, uh, you know, played, you know, 150 snaps or whatever the, the minimum would that you would want to, you know, rank. Some of them might have played three snaps and got a ranking of, like, you know, 89 out of 100, but it's like that doesn't really count. So, anyway, some of this you have to take with a grain of salt, but um, generally, roughly... You can tell if someone's bad or good. And in this case, there's a lot of bad players on the Bills' offense. Not bad, but, like, not great. Not Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs' level great, which we all knew that, but it's kind of interesting just to see more and more feedback kind of directing us. So when you're talking wide receiver, too, like, they're not going to be able to afford, like, you know, a top 10, top 15 even, you know, wide receiver at that position, so they're going to have to draft. But offensive linemen, they might be able to get a player like that. So we're talking more guard, uh, interior offensive linemen. John, do you have a couple of names that uh, of players that that you like that might be able to crack this top twenty or top twenty five? How about uh, Nate Davis from uh, Tennessee? I love Nate Davis. He is a projected. This is a very doable contract. He's projected on Pro Football Focus for four years, um, for thirty two million dollars, which is seven and a half million dollars per year which is definitely doable if you're talking about protecting Josh Allen. He was a, We talked about Roger Saffold and Ryan Bates being the 73rd and 41st ranked guard. Nate Davis was a 17th ranked guard by Pro Football Focus. He posted he earned a career-best 66.8 pass blocking grade last season um, in the last season of his rookie contract, which was a huge jump from uh, the season before that. Um, so, yeah, he's he's getting there, man. He's He's got good protection. Uh, run blocking, um, yeah. He, so pass protection, he's not as good at run blocking, but I mean, there's a guy that could that could uh, that could be another name. Yeah, is there someone else you have on there? No, not really. I, I have a list, I, but like uh, either they're too expensive, or it's like eh, I don't know, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he was he was the one like, guy that I had highlighted, <laughs> like the high highest, like the guys that are going to demand a lot of money, like uh, Isaac Simulo. From yep. the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. um, he's probably going to make around eleven million per year. So again, like just ranked a couple of spots above Nate Davis that you just mentioned. Uh, Pro Football Focus has this cool uh, stat called WAR, which is uh, wins above replacement, which basically means uh, it's the grades and snap data used to assign a win share value for each player above an immediately available player at his position. So like. Um, Nate Davis, for example, was the 31st ranked guard for war, but Isaac Simulo was like the ninth ranked guard for war. So like he was the 10th ranked overall, ninth ranked guard for war. So like he is one of the better ones. So war kind of gives you that, that level of like, you know, another good player like was Ben Powers from the, um, the Ravens 
Um, he took a huge leap this last year as a pass protector. So, I mean, if you're looking for a guy to spend money on, let's say they don't re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. Let's say they don't spend a ton of money on any specific position on defense. If they decide to go all in on offense, like Ben Powers is a guy from the Ravens, which you could definitely see. The only problem is, which might be a problem, might not be a problem, is he plays left guard. So now that forces Ryan Bates back to the right guard spot, which he wasn't as good at last year, um, not terrible, but not as good as when he was at left guard. But, I mean, there's a guy, both guys, you know, we just mentioned, would be huge upgrades over Roger Saffold. I mean, I, almost any guy in the list, this list we're about to mention. Um, Will Hernandez, which played with the Giants and the Cardinals, um, he had a really good year this last season um, with the Cardinals. Um, but it was the first season he actually played guard because he was drafted as a tackle. So you're talking a guy who was a 30th-ranked guard, again, above Saffold and Ryan Bates, the 22nd-ranked guard for war, wins above replacement. He had the best pass-blocking grade of his career in 2022 as a guard, and you could get him potentially for $4 million a year. So you're talking Ryan Bates-level contract. And for me, like if you don't get any of the guys that we just mentioned, like Will Hernandez is a really good guy that you could uh, you could come up with um, on you know day two or day three of free agency, you know when all the really stud guys have been taken and uh, you sign them for a one or two year contract and also draft a guy and you're set. You have your starter set and you actually for once in your life have depth. So options. I think next week what we'll do is we'll give some options for. The rest of the needs that are on our list, that includes safety, middle linebacker, defensive tackle, defensive end, and then uh, running back, and uh, and I think we're going to end on that one. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, um, thank you guys all for listening. Um, unless you guys, Mike and John, have any final thoughts, I think we're just going to sign off and we're going to talk more free agents next week, and maybe we'll have more information on cap relief or whatever and go from there. So... For John? Hey, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Leslie Frazier and uh, defensive coordinator oh, yeah. for next year? Yeah, I'm sorry we didn't lead off with that. Jeez. Um, Mike, what do you think? I feel like we I've, I've, we kind of dominated the conversation talking about free agents. Uh, were you? I think we are all surprised by it. Is it a quiet firing? It's. I mean, they did. They mentioned he would come back. To coaching in 2024 but they didn't say he was coming back to coach for the bills in 2024 so i feel like that's they 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 said at the combine now this goes to what john said you got to take everything with a grain of salt right like they wouldn't tell you exactly but they said it was definitely not a firing like this was his his what if you're gonna fire the guy why would you wait until you know a month after you lose or the season's over with or whatever right like why would you wait that long but he also doesn't have a contract right uh, it says his contract had not expired. Let's see what Bean said. We won 13 games. It's easy for us to sit here and question Dorsey. Everyone's a Monday morning quarterback or Leslie Frazier. Why do you blitz more? Blah, blah, blah. Plus, like, if Bean's they were going to get rid of him, like, get rid of him sooner so that they could have picked up one of these other guys that already got hired. Yeah, I don't think it was a firing just based on the timing of it. I think if they were I'm wondering fire him, if it would... was like I'm wondering if it was like a health or and or family thing that's going on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the f- the the fact that he was leaving? Though, what was your initial thought? Were you thinking, "Oh, this is great," or uh, "This is this is gonna stink for 2023"? Because I'll be honest, I didn't think that this was gonna be bad. Um, but again, it's just like I wish I wish 
that they would have had more time to find a coordinator instead of just hiring the senior defense defensive assistant Al Holcomb and you know go from there. It's uh, you know I don't really like anyone on the offense. This, but that's the good thing about having Sean McDermott as your head coach is he can be the defensive coordinator too for now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is defensive minded, right? Like, so that's I mean, we mentioned before, like that what when just before they lost in the playoffs, he was the last defensive minded coach left. Um, so that part doesn't worry me as much. I mean, the offense was already worried me more than defense as it was. Um, but it, you'd like to keep the consistency there if you could, and they're already losing um, two of their top six defenders in Poyer and, and Edmonds. Could it be possible the defense gets better without Poyer and Edmonds and then just with Sean McDermott calling the defense? It's possible. I mean, unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. Unlikely, but it's We'll see. I'm not sure how much better Sean McDermott is as a play caller. I think I think he might be better. Uh, I remember when he took over Leslie Frazier's duties, like, I think it was 2017 or 2018, and he called a pretty good game because the defense was getting away from Leslie, and then all of a sudden he took over the duties, and, like, he called a good game, and then he gave it back to Leslie Frazier, and then the bill started to, to click again. But I remember thinking, like, oh, the— Defense did pretty good under Sean. I, I just hate to see it affect his other duties, right? Like, if he's so focused at that point on the defense and calling the plays that other things get away from him. You'd rather him concentrate on game management as opposed to worrying about game management and play management, play calling, all those things. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when he's trying to run, you know, manage all the coaches as well all the assistant coaches on the offense and defense and all the coordinators, you know, I mean, he's trying to do all of these things while also calling plays. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, coaches do it, right? Like some coaches do call plays, but I don't know if that would be my preference. I mean, if he can do it, then great, but you know, be concerning potentially. Yeah. They might, they might still hire someone like it's still a possibility. They might hire a defensive coordinator. They didn't rule that out. And they, you know, they might hire one next year. Maybe it becomes too much for Sean. And they do end up hiring one next year, and you end up getting a good one. Mike, what did you think about it? I was surprised. It sounded like the Bills were surprised, but more power to them. Like you said, you don't know people's uh, personal situations, health. Not for nothing, but like he could be in his 60s, and his parents could be like, you know, sick. Like you don't, you, like you say, you don't know the situation, and maybe he's caring for them. Like I've had coworkers in their 60s that, you know, we should all be so lucky, right? But like they, they had coworkers. Here they've had their parents, you know, where they're trying to take care of them, their day-to-day stuff, and, you know, they're trying to get them situated, and it's just too much to, to handle with that. And that doesn't include, like, it could be a sickness of a daughter or a cousin or who knows. or That's just one facet, but, yeah. You never know. You never know. Do you think they promote somebody internally for, for next year or bring somebody in or they do, like, a, maybe they do, like, an assistant something or other? I don't know. John, I'm so glad you asked this question. I'll tell you why. Because I put a, a, a poll up on Twitter who would take over the position, the, the duties of play calling um, after Leslie Frazier's departure. And my options were McDermott, Holcomb, which is the new senior defi- uh, assistant that they that they announced he, they were hiring right before Leslie Frazier announced that he was stepping away, or at least the Bills announced that Leslie Frazier was stepping away. Um, Eric Washington, who is a defensive line coach and former defensive coordinator for the Panthers or some other person like Bobby Badgett, Bobby Babich. 
I should say Babbage. That sounded like a swear word. Bobby Babbage uh, from out, or someone else from outside. And McDermott was the number one. Uh, 73% of people said McDermott was going to take over the play calling duties. And then 16%, number two, said uh, Holcomb. Al Holcomb was going to take over. So um, I don't think they hire anyone. I think it's too late. I think that I think McDermott just rolls with it. What do you think? Agreed? Yeah. Yeah. Or he shares it with Al Holcomb, and maybe this is just like an interim, like, is he good enough to become the defensive coordinator? Maybe if he is, he gets the official title next season. Well, he could be the defensive coordinator, and McDermott calls the plays, and then if he shows enough, then he turns it over to him to call the plays the next season, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good question, though, John. I thought you were going to sign off. You got this other question? This is great. It's great. Well, you said if we're, if we're forgetting, you know, missing something or whatever. Well, now I feel like we I miss- sign off. So <laughs> I, I was like, like, oh, I- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot I- something. <laughs> <laughs> I should have led the podcast with it. I feel like I missed like four other things. Mike, John, what else have I missed? Anything? Chat GBT? Are they going to say- – we're going to try to do that more often with just like some way, shape, or form of like adding in the AI bot – to asking some questions so first round pick for at oliver straight from the mouth of chat gbt so thank you guys all for listening signing off for john hey what do you guys think about uh nice no, <laughs> i love you guys go bills <laughs> for mike go bills and for me nate hopefully they sign one of the 25 people that we mentioned tonight and uh i love you guys too and go bills Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>